When it comes to phishing attacks in mobile, 2013 and 2014, perhaps, will continue to see growth. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group, and I'm talking with Daniel Cohen, who specializes in online fraud threats and intelligence for security firm RSA. Daniel, as I mentioned in the introduction, phishing attacks, of course, continue because they are simple and they work. I'd like for you to discuss a little bit about the phishing trends that RSA is seeing, as well as some of the mobile threats. In terms of phishing, 2012 was a landmark year in terms of phishing, um, where, where phishing volumes were, were sky high. Um, looking at 2013, the year has seen a slight decline in phishing, but um, comparing month over month, um, 2013 to 2012, um, we do still see high numbers of phishing. And you know, in terms of, of the crime, phishing is going to continue. We have to remember that phishing is the easiest attack to launch um, against end users. Um, and we're going to see that continue through 2013 and 2014. In terms of the mobile channel, we have to look at mobile as a device that basically keeps us connected 24-7. As such, you know, we're more prone to attacks because once we get that SMS, once we get that Facebook update or email, you know, we're immediately there following the link um, and hitting the phishing site. Um, but we have to remember that at the end of the day, phishing is phishing is phishing, even when it hits the mobile device. And, you know, we're obviously um, working to detect that and mitigate that, too. What kind of evolution is RSA seeing when it comes to the Trojans that are affiliated with some of these phishing attacks? So what we see, you know, Trojans are continuing to develop. We have seen a move, what we're calling the privatization of Trojans. So they're, you know, we're no longer seeing commercial Trojans available out there, such as the Citadel Trojan or the Ice Nine or Spy Eye. And that means really that today as a bot master or a Trojan um, operator, it's not easy for you to find a Trojan that is constantly developed and the bugs are fixed. And, you know, there's no active R&D behind these public Trojans. Today we're seeing Trojans becoming privatized in that the development and the support and the maintenance is done in very, very closed groups, very controlled groups. And so, you know, today the bad guys have to rely on older Trojans, such as, you know, the Zeus um, that was made public back in in 2011. But we're still seeing constant development, um, even in those private groups. You know, the Trojans are still slipping out and we're still detecting them and seeing them. One of the more interesting trends that we're seeing in terms of the Trojan development is around you know, the orchestrated attacks that cross the mobile and PC worlds. So today, a lot of banks will use a second factor out-of-band authentication, SMS authentication, um, and the bad guys are trying to get around that. And what they're doing, we see, are developing mobile counterparts, um, which they, you know, they manage to get on your device, on your, on your mobile device, which basically sniffs your SMS stream. And then any kind of authentication code that you get from the bank is being picked up by this malware, forwarded to the bad guy so that he can complete uh, the fraudulent transfer. And that's, we're seeing more and more of that. We're, we're actually, um, just last week, we discovered that Bugat, the Bugat Trojan, um, is now also coming out with a mobile counterpart. We'll be you know, releasing that information shortly. But even there, we're seeing the attack method is that the user logs into their bank account. The Trojan, obviously, on his machine is injecting HTML screens, asking the end user to now download software because the bank is improving their security infrastructure. The end user provides certain information like the mobile phone operating system, provides their telephone number, he gets an SMS, he or she gets an SMS to download the mobile software, and once they've downloaded and installed it, their phone is now compromised, um, and any SMS coming from the bank is being picked up by the, uh, by the device. You know, that's where we're seeing malware move into.
this type of compromise of out-of-band authentication that incorporates mobile is something that you're looking at and you do have new research coming out. Yes, yeah, so we're going to be releasing um, you know, that information in, in the coming week. And yes, you know, we're seeing this kind of move into more manual-based man-in-the-browser attacks, you know, where the, where the bad guys are there online as the user is logging into the bank. The bad guy is there picking up the SMSs in order to complete their transfers. And we're going to continue seeing this as, you know, as the world becomes more and more mobile. Obviously, these opportunistic hackers are going to go after that world, too. Daniel, when it comes to fighting some of these types of, of attacks, what can the industry do? We've talked a lot about DMARC, but the problem with DMARC, as you've rightly noted, is that you have to have adoption. So what happens in the meantime? So, you know, DMARC is a good protocol for securing email, but like, like we said, it has to be adopted more widely, you know, trickle down from the larger email hosts and email providers out there to the, you know, the smaller ones. Until that happens, you know, we still have to continue with the user awareness, um, be aware of these threats out there, of the phishing threats. And obviously, you know, we as an industry have to continue to protect and mitigate that threat. And what about the sectors that are most often targeted? Financial services, obviously, has been a targeted industry and will continue to be a targeted industry, but are there other sectors that are being hit more often now by some of these phishing attacks? You know, we've spotted phishing against the gaming industry, you know, trying to fish your gaming credentials. Um, we've seen phishing against, you know, pharmaceutical, healthcare, airlines. But again, it's in terms of the bad guys, you know, they're opportunistic. They're looking for the quick money, the quick buck, um, and it's, it's the quickest in the financial industry. And once they get your credentials, um, you know, they can make money from just selling your credentials. Um, and those credentials, you know, carry a, a nice value in the underground. So it's, you know, it's an easy and quick turnaround for them um, when it comes to financial industry, for fishing against the financial industry. And then what about global market variations? Are there certain parts of the world that are being more targeted than others? Well, in terms of, um, you know, if we can call them market leaders, in terms of the market leaders, the fishing market leaders um, for 2012, the U.K. was, you know, topped the charts, uh, followed by the U.S., um, Canada, South Africa were also leaders in terms of the volumes of fishing. Um, but we do see, you know, like emerging markets. For example, Thailand this year jumped by over 250% in terms of fishing volume. India has jumped by over 150%. Um, and so, you know, we see these variations around the globe. But generally speaking, you know, the U.K. and the U.S. have always been top targets. One thing I thought that was interesting that you noted earlier when we were talking is that most of the phishing attacks that RSA has been tracking are actually coming from compromised servers that are located in the U.S. What's the reason for that? So that's a good question, and, and certainly most of the phishing attacks are usually hosted on compromised websites. So these, these could be websites, you know, that belong to, you know, a family album kind of website um, that is using off-the-shelf web server software. Um, and, you know, the bad guys, they look out for these, these hosts and they, they know it's easy to compromise and they leverage that. And, you know, we're, we're now, in, you know, in Singapore and RSA Conference Asia-Pacific, and actually in this region, um, looking at the numbers, almost 50% of the attacks against phishing attacks against APJ entities are hosted on U.S. hosting infrastructure. And of those, over 77% are hosted on hijacked servers. One of the reasons that you know could be behind that is the fact that um, there are just so many servers out there in the U.S. hosting you know different content, whether it's you know small business storefronts or you know family albums like we mentioned, which are you know the, the the bad guys find them easily, compromise them easily, and then use them as hosting infrastructure for their attacks. Daniel, I want to thank you again for your time this afternoon. Thank you.
Again, we've just heard from Daniel Cohen of RSA. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.